Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today I will be chatting with Dr. Larry Comer about hope after concussion and TBI. This episode is brought to you by Minnesota Functional Neurology, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are experienced in treating post-concussion rehabilitation, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in Minnesota. They have greatly helped me and many others in the Twin Cities. You can find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Hello, everyone. I am Amy Zelmer, and you are listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Brain Injury Advisory Council, and I recently released my first book, Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com, and you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. I am very excited for today's guest. We have Dr. Larry Comer, and Dr. Comer trained at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, Canada, with a degree in physiology. He went on to receive his MD degree at Queen's and then went to McMaster University where he earned his specialty degree in obstetrics and gynecology. In 2004, he became founder and director of the, Met, of the Masters Men's Clinic. This is the largest clinic in Canada diagnosing, treating, and doing research on testosterone deficiency syndrome. The clinic has assessed and treated more than 7,000 patients, and Dr. Comer has been on the board of directors of the Canadian Society for the Study of the Aging Male. During that time, he observed the link between traumatic brain injury and low hormone in both men and women and has been a leading advocate for hormonal restoration to reestablish normal brain function. This led to the creation of the Comer Brain Science Institute, where Dr. Comer and his team have been restoring hormones in brain-injured patients. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Comer. I'm very excited to have you here today and talk about this. Thanks, Amy. I'm glad to be here, and I love to chat. (laughs) So we recently connected. You just um, reached out to me. You had read my book, and you sent me a copy of your book, um, New Hope for Concussion, PTSD, and TBI. And I have to tell you, it's one of the best books that I have read on brain injury. It's it's very simply written so that the layperson can understand it. And that is so important when you're dealing with brain injury and their caregiver and families so that they can understand what they're actually reading. <laughs> so thank you so much for for doing that for the community. 
Well, I try to make it like I was talking to a patient in front of me, and uh, what I found is the patients get it. Some of my doctor friends didn't. They pointed out, gee, there's a typographical error and totally missed the whole concept. So I think I was doing the right thing. Yeah, no, I, you know, when you're dealing with patients and their family, it has to be in easy to understand terms because, you know, and I've been to doctors who just talk way over your head and and it's like, I don't even know what you're trying to tell me. (laughs) So having it in in little bite size, easy to digest nuggets is definitely the right path, in my opinion. Well, thank you. We we appreciate that. My wife was a big contributor because she's a motivational speaker, and uh, this just isn't about the science, and a lot of it is new science, but it's also about having people feel better about themselves and being able to look down the future and, and get through the past and the injury and the problems it's caused. And I know the people I've seen, marriages have broken up over it, uh, people have suicided. It's It's a desperate situation, so the motivational component of the book was also helpful and unique, and we were glad that we could work together and uh, create the book. So, Dr. Calmer, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you have found in relation to hormones and brain injury? Um, I know this is something I've heard a lot about from my doctors, um, but unfortunately, many doctors don't understand this. Um, so I would love for you to kind of just really dig into that piece of it. Sure. So I've been an obstetrician and gynecologist now for 43 years, so I've delivered my 13,000 babies and done my 20,000 surgeries, <laughs> but developed a, a keen interest in the hormonal end of this because that's the basis of gynecology. And I also did sports medicine because my previous life was an exercise physiologist. So it was a weird blend of doing female sports medicine and looking at the hormones. And then the women that I saw in menopause told me their husbands were getting the same thing. And I said, no, they're not, because that's what I was taught. And after 200 women told me this, I guess I'm a slow learner. I thought, well, maybe they're right and I'm wrong. And they were right. (laughs) So we developed the men's clinic, but... All along the way, both male and female athletes, they were coming up with conditions just like menopause and just like andropause. And these are some of the younger people. I've had 18-year-old girls concussed and their periods go away and they've got all the symptoms of menopause. Uh, I've had young men concussed and they've got the symptoms of low testosterone. So we've started checking the hormones. And sure enough, estrogen in women, testosterone in men could be very low. Thyroid could be abnormal. Cortisol could be abnormal. A bunch of hormones could be abnormal, and it makes sense because the pituitary glands in the head, the head gets hit, it hurts the pituitary, that's what's responsible for your hormones. So it's not rocket science putting together the link. And then because of my Mm -hmm. training in all of those areas, I could bring the weird background that I have as a gynecologist doing men's hormones as well and bringing it to sports medicine and seeing exactly what happened. And the whole concept worked, and there was... Very few other people doing it. Dr. Mark Gordon in Los Angeles is a good friend of mine. He was pioneering it in the States. I've been doing it in Canada, but right now where the rubber hits the road, the patients are getting better, and these patients on the average have seen at least four doctors before me. Some have seen as many as 30, and we're helping them get better. So obviously the different approach was necessary. And uh, we work as a team. I do the hormones. We've got another 
team member who does the visual processing problems, which seem to occur in about 100% of brain injuries, another one who does the neck and back with the whiplash, or he calls it spinal concussion syndrome, and another brilliant audiologist who does the dizziness and balance. And what we found is you need a team approach. There are no concussion experts. Yeah. There could be a team of experts on concussion, but for sure it takes a team. And all of the people that are that I'm referring to are leading edge, doing new things, and the concept works. One of my best friends was the only Canadian at 9-11, and he uh, was identifying patients of 9-11 by their teeth. He was a dentist, and he came up with a statement from there. It's amazing what a team can get done when no single person has to take all the credit. Oh, yeah, I love that. I was just going to say I kind of want to pause here and reiterate that that it's a team approach. Absolutely. You know, there there is no one single doctor who can address. Because, I mean, with, that's what I think. That's what makes concussion and TBI so challenging. Is it's not just one thing. You know, your brain runs your entire body. You know, it runs your hormones, it runs your balance, it runs your vision, it runs your heart and your lungs, right? But depending Correct. on what your symptoms are. You know, and, and in my group all the time I hear people say, well, I have this happening. What did you do for this? And, like, what works for one person doesn't always work for the other person, you know, and you have to look at each individual patient. And I think that's why so many doctors just don't even want to touch concussion. A particular example is headache. So Two common mm-hmm. symptoms with concussion are headache and head pressure. And a lot of doctors fail to realize that head pressure is different than headache. And so how do we get rid of headache? Well, low estrogen and low testosterone can cause headache because both of those open up blood vessels, increase blood supply, hence more blood supply to the brain to help it heal. They're both anti-inflammatories. You always get inflammation in the brain from a brain injury, and this is the latest science coming along and there are ways to treat the inflammatory response in the brain that maybe we'll get back to. So hormones may help headache, but some of my patients don't get better. They see Dr. Blair Lamb, who does the head and neck, and they've got spasm in the neck muscles. They know their neck's sore. They can feel tingling in their hands, and he uses some unique modalities like uh, deep needling, and he's also injecting platelets and he gets the headaches better. And if he doesn't, they see Dr. Patrick Quaid, who's doing the visual processing, and he gets the headaches and light sensitivity better. And so we can't tell who it's going to be, but we don't care as long as the patient gets better. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think, you know, that, that's, that's what's so important. And, and having a team approach is, you know, like you just said, it, it, I forget the quote you had earlier about 9-11, but you know, it's it, not just one whole team approach, um, and and that's powerful. And I think too many doctors, you know, I don't want to get off on a segue here, but you know, some doctors seem to be of the opinion that their opinion is the only opinion. And you kind of alluded to it earlier when you said about um, how the women were saying the men have the same symptoms as their menopause, and you're like. No, that can't. That's not possible. We weren't taught that, and I think a lot of doctors still have that attitude. I you, didn't learn you, it that way. Therefore, it can't be true. Well, yeah, but then 
you know, I'm at McMaster University, and one of our mottos is lifelong learning. And you better, there's so much happening mm-hmm. so quickly. Medical knowledge is doubling every 11 hours. So if you sleep in, you'll be stupid, one of the professors says. <laughs> there's, right. there's new things happening. And so you just can't use the old model. You've got to be open to ideas, and some of them you'll throw out because they sounded crazy and they were crazy, but there are other ideas that sounded crazy, and yet you find out there's some science behind it. I see so many people with reading difficulties, and my buddy Pat Quaid has got a perfect video of a young gal, and when she reads and there's a scanner looking at her pupils, she backtracks 400 times on 100 words. So he's, she's got a learning disability. He's cut up some kids three grades in three months. I show it to my concussed patients. I've had a man break down and cry, and I said, what's up here? I've been faking reading for five years since my injury. I'm afraid they're going to fire me. Another one saw the video. The screen went blank, and he stared at the blank screen for 45 seconds, and I said, so what's going on? He said, I used to read 400 books a year, and I haven't been able to read, and I'm just calculating all the books I didn't read and I could have and nobody knew how to help me. Wow. You know, and I can relate to that. I spent two and a half years. I, I, I should really count one day how many doctors I've gone to before I met um, Dr. You Jeremy. Should. You know, I, I, I've been down that road. And when you're concussed, when you are living in a state of 24-7 brain pressure, brain fog, memory problems, cognitive processing problems, you don't even have an awareness that you should be asking more questions or seeking someone else. Like you just, you know, you just kind of take your doctors at their word. And that's, you know, that's my hindsight, right? The 2020 hindsight is, gosh, I wish I'd have brought someone else with me to my doctor appointment. I wish I would have pushed harder, um, you know, and fortunately, I found someone who gets it, but a lot of people don't don't get there. Um, and that's why I think this podcast series is so powerful to help other survivors understand that there are doctors out there like you, Dr. Comer, who who get it and understand and can help. Um, so, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the hormones. Maybe can you explain how the hormones, when the hormones are off, how they affect us and what maybe some of the signs and symptoms could be of someone with a hormone imbalance. Sure. So I've had colleagues, well, 70% of my patients or 80% are on antidepressants, which depresses me. And (laughs) we see depression, depression and anxiety triple in menopause. That's the model. This is what happens when you have low hormones. So, I used the model on men, and my first 50 men in the men's clinic, about 40 of them were clinically depressed, and yet three of them had been diagnosed. What I'm seeing lately is everybody's on antidepressants. So I went online before one of my talks and went in Google Scholar, and I typed in, I think, something like low hormones and depression, how many scientific papers? 1.23 million. So the first thing I asked is, why are people jumping to antidepressants when we haven't checked the hormones, and we know low hormones can cause depression. So low estrogen, low testosterone, low thyroid can cause depression. And those are easy to treat, and they are safe. Think about the hormones. There's controversy in menopause. Oh, hormones are bad. 
Well, what women don't realize is start your period, say, at age 12, quit at age 52. For 40 years, you've been making huge amounts of hormones, six times more than we use in menopause. And if 40 years of that's safe, then the next 60 years in a tiny dose, one-sixth of that is safe with the identical hormones. The controversy is hormones that aren't identical to the human body can cause all kinds of problems. Don't use them. The same goes for testosterone. It, these both lower. The main reason to be on the hormones is a 40% reduction in stroke and heart attack. And people don't realize when they've got low hormones, it's not the depression and all the other symptoms. It also can lead to other serious problems. So we're trying to save them symptoms now and help them down the road. So estrogen and testosterone are both strong anti-inflammatories. Right now we've learned a lot of lingering brain problems or inflammation. What gets rid of brain inflammation? Mm -hmm. Estrogen, testosterone. What else? Something else doctors a lot of them don't know a lot about. And I've learned natural products, high-dose vitamin D. Vitamin D is an anti-inflammatory in the brain. It's also a big-time antidepressant, and a study showed it worked as well as Prozac. No side effects. Omega-3 fish oils, big doses, big-time anti-inflammatory in the brain. Let's the brain finally heal. Also an antidepressant. B-complex vitamins. There are a lot of natural products that are anti-inflammatory, and when we get this concept through to doctors is a problem of inflammation. The inflammation gets treated. I think we'll see an easing of a lot of the brain injuries a whole lot quicker. You know, and I'm glad you brought up the, the antidepressants. Um, on my last podcast with Dr. Fawn, she addressed, the, you know, the antidepressants, how so many doctors don't know what to do with you, so they just put you on an antidepressant, you know, and, and her her, her reasoning is, you know, if you didn't need it before your brain injury, you probably don't need it now. Like, it's not actually helping you. It's actually hindering you. Um, and, I, you know, I, I know I, they wanted to put me on antidepressants. And I said, no, I, I did not want to go down that road. Um, and, you know, I, <laughs> I bet you half my group is on antidepressants. Um, and not necessarily needing them. Um, and you kind of started to touch on, you know, you touched on the vitamin D and the anti-inflammatories. Um, I also know that I've heard omega-3, the fatty acid protocol, um, is very effective in brain injury. Do you have any, any thoughts on the omega-3 protocol? Yeah, one of the best places in the world is half an hour from me. It's University of Guelph, which does all the standardization of the omegas in the world. So we're working with them. There's actually a new omega test where you can test your levels because everybody doesn't absorb the same. And it doesn't matter how much you take. It matters how much gets in. And the usual starting dose is 3,000 milligrams of the omegas. The two fatty acids that are important are EPA and DHA. The EPA helps the brain cell heal the EPA increases blood supply to the brain. Blood supply equals more healing, less inflammation. And so the omega-3s are critical, both for immediately after a concussion but long-term uh, to reduce mm -hmm. the inflammation. And that, there's good science behind that. I also, you know, they also talk about it as, as a preventative measure. Like you said, using it for long-term. Um, so if you do happen to, you know, you bump your head on the cupboard even, um, you know, just having, having that already in your system as a preventatory measure. 
Um, there are um, there's some good what, studies now from university football. I think a hundred major colleges in the United States have their teams on omega threes to reduce getting concussions. So you're completely right, and that's pretty mm-hmm. new science. But mm-hmm. you're you're on the leading edge. Yeah, you know, and and you know, and that's the thing. I feel like we are at a turning point with concussion. And we're really just now starting to understand it. And I know that there's definitely the leaders who've been like, I've been telling you this for years. <laughs> but it's it's important to to see that, you know, people are starting to kind of wake up and understand, okay, this is a problem. There there are long term effects. There are, you know, these people aren't faking it you know these people that are three years out and still struggling they they haven't gotten the help they need um and i just you know it's it's sort of an exciting time to be part of it if that's an appropriate word <laughs> you know like there, like we are starting like research is really starting to dig into it and and we're seeing things that can help prevent that can help you know long term um and we can get people um, you know, back to work quicker. Um, you you gave an example before we went live about how a guy came to you. I think you said he was eight years out and hadn't been able to work, and you got him back to work after six weeks. Do you want to share that story? Sure. He uh, came in. I'm surprised he even came in because he was very angry. And if I were in that situation, I'd seen 30 other doctors. My expectation would why would I see another one? But mm-hmm. his caseworker was a friend That's of mine, so she she persuaded him to come in, and he was pretty grumpy. You know, he, all you doctors don't know what you're doing and anything else. And I just smiled benignly and said, well, I want to take a different approach because I don't, you know, I, the other approaches haven't worked. So we found that he had poor hormone levels. Uh, he hadn't been on the omega-3s or the vitamin D or the B-complex vitamins, so we put him on, and he came in six weeks later with a big smile, totally different guy, not grumpy. And I said, what's up? And he says, after eight years of being off work, I'm back to work. I didn't want to be off work. And what really bothers me about all of this is that one afternoon last week, three of my patients were three different doctors. They were sitting across from their doctor, and their doctor said the same thing. You are faking your symptoms. And it, yep. it's just heartbreaking to have someone who's looking after you say that when we know you aren't and it's because of a lack of knowledge if they don't know what to do they can say that or try to get somebody else or they don't know if there's anybody else what else they're going to do well they don't have to say you're faking your symptoms perhaps they don't know what to do but you've got your symptoms i i think that's critical people just can't give up hope my wife's a motivational speaker and she's got a great line and she says that if someone says your hair is green and it's not you would just think that person's an idiot so if someone says something that you don't believe, like you don't have your symptoms or you'll never get better, you treat that information the very same way as saying, like, your hair is green. You just disregard it, don't let it penetrate your armor, and keep staying the course and doing what you're doing because there's always something that can be done. Yes, and I appreciate you saying that. You know, it's. I think... You know, we've been taught since a young age to respect authority, and a doctor is an authority. And so when a doctor says you're faking it, we might not necessarily, you know, scream back at them like you're wrong, 
but we take it to heart and it starts to tear us down. Like, oh my God, they think I'm faking it. Everybody else must think I'm faking it too, you know? Like I, I had a neuropsychologist tell me that she felt it was semi-somatic um, or psycho, psychosomatic, um, right. which basically means you're faking it. And I, I, it just devastated me. Like, what? Like, you spent an hour with me, and that's your opinion. You don't see me at home not knowing how to turn my microwave on because I don't know which button to push. You know, that's my reality. And so to have a doctor say that to you, it's just it's devastating. And it can really hinder your recovery. I mean, aside from the fact that you're not actually getting help, it also, like, pushes you back down this rabbit hole and – you know, it causes you to to give up hope, which if you give up hope, you're not going to get better, you know? Um, so I appreciate you bringing that up. Do you have anything more I, to add to that? Sure. I was just thinking about one of my favorite patients is a 23-year-old boy called Cody, I guess a man, and he played hockey um, seriously and got, got a brain injury, and he was serious depression for three years. So he came in with his mom, and I looked at the chart, and he was shown to have low testosterone. Nobody picked it up, and I said, well, Cody, I can get you better. And he looked at me and said, in all due respect, doc, the other doctors couldn't, so what are you going to do differently? So I discussed the fact I'd played hockey. My son's a pro athlete with three concussions who got completely better. And he sort of teared up and said, can I have a hug? And he came over and hugged me, and he sat down, and he said, four of my friends have had the same thing and I said well I'll see them and Cody said no you won't doc all four suicided before they're 22 oh wow so six weeks later Cody walked in and said did you see my blog I said no I didn't he said I feel completely better after all this time I wrote in my blog 800 people replied 100 of whom said they're not going to kill themselves now because of the blog oh Six weeks after that, Cody came in with a big smile, and I said, what's up? Well, you know, dads like you don't know too much about social media, and I laughed. My dad doesn't either, so he let me take <laughs> over the marketing for his company, and our sales are up 1,800% in a month. So he said, I guess my brain is back. And I, and Aww. now he's dedicating 10% of his life to speaking about this and helping people and anybody out there who's going through this and is getting better, sharing your story will save somebody's life one day and you might not yes. even know it. But it's so critical to share uh-huh. your story and not be embarrassed about it because you can save a life. Ugh, I couldn't agree more. And and that's that's just a powerful story. Thank you for sharing that. Um yeah. You know, so many people don't have hope. And to hear that there is hope um, and that they they still can get better, you know, even if you're 3, 5, 10, 20 years out, you can still get better. Um, so thank you for that. That's, that's such a powerful thing, and that's a great way to kind of wrap up our show. We're almost out of time. 30 minutes just flies by, doesn't it? Um, do you have any final parting words of wisdom for our listeners, Dr. Comer? I'm just looking at my family's pictures, and below it, someone gave me a sign that says, never stop believing in hope. Miracles happen every day. 
And I think that's what we've all got to hang on to no matter what we're going through because it's the truth. There can be a scientific breakthrough tomorrow that nobody thought was coming. You'll meet someone yeah. who knows what to do. And I think you've got to hang in there and you will get better down the road. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been so inspiring. I, I hope that our listeners have taken away some inspiration and hope from this conversation. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Comer. And I have your book um, in the show notes. So anyone that's interested in checking out Dr. Comer's book, um, the Amazon link is right there in the show notes. So thank you again for being here today. Thank you for your time. Amy, it was a pleasure speaking with you, and I know your story, and I'm just delighted that you're getting better and you're helping other people, so congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed today's show. Um, And thanks again to our sponsor, Minnesota Functional Neurology, the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health rehabilitation in the Midwest, MN functionalneurology.com and be sure to visit facesoftbi.com and you can check out our previous podcasts and see upcoming topics and again you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer thank you all for listening thank you so much for being a part of my journey I hope you all have a great day and I will see you all again next time